From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Tuesday, May 16th. I'm Sarah Reif. The ACLU is suing the county, claiming District Attorney David Eister did not respond to requests for disclosable records in 2021. In another legal case, a federal judge declined jurisdiction in the city of Fort Bragg versus Mendocino Railway. The city and the Coastal Commission are asking a judge to decide if the railway, also known as the Skunk Train, is subject to local laws and regulations. And last week, at a public meeting on homelessness and law enforcement, Sheriff Matt Kendall said he was looking into ways to involve a special set of law enforcement officers in calls involving homeless people in need of social services. The Board of Supervisors met in closed session last week, the day after voting unanimously to repeal a controversial ordinance that charged for staff time to fulfill requests for public records. But public records woes continue. The American Civil Liberties Union is bringing a lawsuit against the county and the district attorney for what it says is a failure to provide disclosable records. Neither the ACLU nor Eister responded to requests for comment. In its suit, filed May 13th of last year, the ACLU wrote that on two occasions in 2021, it requested multiple documents on the California Racial Justice Act, which was enacted to ensure that race plays no role at all in seeking or obtaining convictions or in sentencing. The ACLU claims that the district attorney's failure to respond to the ACLU's request and unwillingness to produce a single responsive record constitutes a flagrant violation of the PRA and the California Constitution. They're asking for an injunction requiring Eister to produce all disclosable documents for reasonable attorney's fees and costs of the suit. The matter is scheduled to come before Judge Janine Nadell on June 30th. No new trial date has been set for the City of Fort Bragg and the Coastal Commission versus Mendocino Railway. The city is asking for an injunction stating that the railway is subject to the city's jurisdiction regarding permits on infrastructure that's owned by the railway and is within city boundaries. The Coastal Commission wants a judicial declaration that the railway is subject to the Coastal Act's permitting requirements. But the railway claims the Interstate Commerce Commission Termination Act preempts the city's claims. Mendocino County Superior Court Judge Clay Brennan dubbed Mendocino Railway simply a luxury sightseeing excursion service with no connection to interstate commerce, and concluded that its railroad activities for the purpose of federal preemption are extremely limited. The railway asked that the case be moved to the U.S. District Court in the Northern District of California. Last week, Judge John Tiger sent the case back to Ten Mile Court, saying it does not meet all the requirements for federal jurisdiction. And law enforcement continues to struggle with the conundrum of responding to calls involving homeless people who need social services. During a meeting of the Inland Mendocino Democratic Club last week, Sheriff Matt Kendall said due to short staffing, he has six deputies per shift patrolling the county. Three full-time behavioral health specialists are available for dual response units, accompanying deputies to calls involving mental health crises. We have workers on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, from 8 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, and then 8 in the morning till 6.30 in the afternoon, 8 in the morning until 6.30 in the afternoon. And then on Thursday, we have two on. Um, one works 11 till 8.30 in the evening. One works 8 until 3. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we have coverage from 9.30 to 7.30 in the evening. Now, on the coast, um, we've got three days a week coverage from eight in the morning until five in the evening. And that's between three full timers and one like a 960 employee, uh, a half time employee, Sarah. Kendall reported that in the two years these units have been operating, the number of people transported to hospitals for mental health treatment, or 5150s, has been cut in half. However, 
That's because those behavioral health workers are really, really good hard chargers. If they are not dealing with a person in crisis, then they go out and they meet with the people that they know they've had contacts with in the past, and they make sure that they're doing okay. They make sure that they have their medication for the month. They make sure that they're staying in contact with the service providers. And I'd like to see, um, I've been working on this for a while, a similar task force approach to dealing with these homeless issues where we have the professionals who deal with the behavioral health persons, the in the uh, alcohol and other drug issues people, they respond with peace officers and then they can provide those services. Kendall has his eye on a small unit of law enforcement officers within Health and Human Services. Everybody heard me kind of talk about the uh, dual response unit for behavioral health. I was gonna start speaking about this where we want, want to kind of morph it into the, some of the homelessness issues as well. I don't have enough deputies to put on that one right now, but I'm going to be asking for assistance from Health and Human Services Agency because they have uh, five peace officers working in the welfare fraud division. And so um, I was going to be requesting that uh, a couple of peace officers from that welfare fraud division or the special investigations unit um, be assigned to work with the caseworkers and the social workers. Becky Emery, the director of the county's Department of Social Services, said this approach has been evaluated, but the duties described don't meet the scope of the mandate for officers in the Welfare Fraud Investigation Unit. While they are sworn officers who can patrol during an emergency, such as COVID, they're funded by CalWORKs and CalFresh to ensure the fidelity of those programs. Emery said during the pandemic, when they were trying to enforce public health mandates, that work was unfunded. And she's low on staff, too. The unit consists of one chief investigator, four welfare fraud investigators, and eligibility staff to compute the overpayments. Kendall believes that working on the task force he envisions is absolutely within their scope and plans to discuss the matter at meetings with high-level county staff this week. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news, with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.